0: Hello, 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 it is 10.30, calling all worship team, 10.30, check, 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 come on Tammy, it's you and me girl, we're going to do it, oh Aaron's back there, hello Will Banks, there he is. Oh, <laughs> it's okay, it's your choice, but good morning, church, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> so we're going to have a little bit of worship, and uh, I have some old friends with me, we're really old. because <laughs> I like old people, makes me feel better, because I'm old too. To charity for the day. Anyway, Richard and Tammy, you guys probably all of you know them, of course, most of you if not. (laughs) So hello, how about if all 15 of you stand up today? If you want to stand up, you don't have to stand up, of course. And we'll have a little worship, so I'm just going to say a little word of prayer first. Lord, thanks for this great day, this day that's a little cooler and the sun is out and summer is here. And thank you, Lord, for protecting our valley and uh, protecting your people. And we just ask, Lord, that the songs that we sing, the words that we sing, the notes that are played would just bring you honor. You would be well pleased that we would sing. For you and you alone. That we would live for you and you alone. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to give Richard just a second because he's a mess. He said it, not me. I'm just repeating. But you know, I'm always a mess, so... Feel free to take a minute to put your chapstick on. It's stretch. Stretch. Shake a leg. Shake another leg. Oh no. Do we need another minute? I could tell a joke. I could tell a bad joke. I was thinking um, the third line that says, you are my creator. Uh, Yesterday, I did a hike up to Goat's Peak, which is over Bumping Lake. And you get to the top, and you are literally at a peak. There's nothing on any side of you. You can turn 360 and just see out forever and ever and ever. And just thinking of God's creation and the magnificence of his creation. And uh, we see that in the things around us. And just a reminder that that same magnificence is within us as well, that he is our creator as well. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love over us. Thank you for the ways that you teach us and grow us and work with us through our struggles to come more and more into the place of who you've created us to be and to be fully alive in that place. these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat.
1: Good morning, guys. Um, while we were worshiping, I um, God kind of reminded me of the the second part of the our father where he says and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Um, and I felt like we were just supposed to take a moment and. Um, kind of center ourselves in forgiveness, this, this last song. Uh, I don't know, I, God was doing something, he was working on me. So, I'm just assuming that he was working on maybe some of you in that as well. Um, So, let's just take a moment. Lord, would you forgive us our trespasses? Would you forgive us for those ways in which we know your will, and we know what you would have us do, and we just willfully choose not to do that. We just choose to go the other way. It's um. <laughs> funny. While, while I was praying that, I got this picture of of, of God, and like, this little child representing us and God saying, come on, let's, let's go over here. And this little kid, like, and and it was a little girl, uh, not that that means anything. It's just in my head, the picture I saw, Uh, like, no. And like ran that way, (laughs) like totally the other way. Like, no, you can't make me go where you're going. You can't make me, (laughs) you know, just like toddlers sometimes when they just like, they're just like, You know, they're testing those boundaries, right, of like, what can I get away with? And I don't know about you guys, I do that with God sometimes. I'm like, I'll just see what I can get away with. You know, Lord, I I know you've told me to go here, and I know you've told me to do this, but I'm going to kind of test that boundary and, and maybe not do that and see what you do. And it's funny how God gently and kindly, like, draws us back. And draws us to him and um, says no that's if you go there you may not end up in the street and something bad might happen so why don't you come with me and 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 be in my will and you know sin trespassing against God is basically like being that toddler right it's like no I know you said to do this but I'm gonna do this So, Lord, forgive us. And, Lord, um, would you forgive us our trespasses against one another as well when we do those types of things to each other. We do those things that we know we shouldn't do. Amen. Um, So, I'm going to do a couple quick announcements and then we're going to have a short break to say hi to each other. So, August 1st, coming up August 1st. That's going to be our Transition Sunday. And we have kids who, like, I remember them being born, and now they're going into middle school. And it's, and my son's going to college. And my whole world is just, like, really weird at the moment. I mean, I feel like I'm in transition, and I need prayer. I don't know about the, like, young people, but Lord Almighty. (laughs) It's like... Jesus, help me. Um, So August 1st, we're going to pray for the kids. Um, Traditionally, we also kind of pray for students going back to school and just asking God to bless them, students going on to school, people who are just kind of in that transition time and asking God to bless our people who are in education and that they would be walking with Christ as they interact with kids. So just know August 1st, Sunday, August 1st, Um, That's what we're going to be doing. And then just as a reminder, August 2nd, we are doing um, the trip to the water park. This would be a cool thing. Like if you wanted to invite some um, friends or family members who maybe aren't church people or maybe think that Jesus people might be a little bit weird, this would be a good thing to invite them to to say, yeah, we're weird, but we might be your kind of weird. And so that's okay, you know. Um, so this would be a good event to invite them to and hang out. And um, so I just encourage you to do that. And again, that's August 2nd. That's a Monday. And it's tide waters, Slide Waters. OK. I'm going off the top of my head. So Slide Waters, And it's about two and a half hours, three hours, if I did my map correctly. Uh, so just kind of have an awareness of that. We're going to go as a big group. We're going to try to find a central location. I plan on planting myself there. Um, Because me and Heights, we're just not friends. But I can dish out cold drinks all day. So that's going to kind of be my duty when I go. Um, So please, just know you're invited, and we would love for you to come. Um, If I can could really stand up, please. We're going to kind of switch gears here. But if you would please introduce yourselves one to another using my King James vernacular. And uh, we'll see you in about five minutes.
2: Dusty? Does it work? Oh, it works. Cool. Hey guys, if you don't mind coming back to your seats, that would be cool. Check four, check five, if Dusty needs it. morning, Steve. Good morning, Marty. Morning, guys. Aaron, get off your phone. I see you back there. So. Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. I'm Ryan, if you don't know me. Um, I am, I am, I'm talking today. So um, let's, let's pray and we'll get started. Uh, Jesus, uh, whenever I I talk, at least up here. I always pray. Anything that is you, let it stick. And anything that is dumb and not you, I, let, I pray it's forgotten quickly. So um, just give me wisdom. Give, give us all hearts to, to hear what's true. Holy Spirit, we invite you to, to just move in this God. Amen. All right. So uh, Dusty started. Dusty started. You want it farther away? Is that better? Okay. Dusty started um, our series on the Psalms last week, um, and so I'm going to continue that. Um, And so today, uh, my sermon is called Honesty, Haste, and Confession, Uh, Psalm 32, and all of the others, really. So uh, not kind of a a silly title, um, but we're going to be talking about honesty, haste, and confession a lot. and there's two things I kind of want to do in this. Um, I want to give us some, some major themes in the Psalms in general and use Psalm 32 to kind of express that or to, to explain that. Um, so uh, let's start with this. I need to start with a confession to you guys since that's one of the themes. I don't love the Psalms. Which is weird because I'm a worship leader and psalms are basically worship songs and I love worship. But if I'm being totally honest with you guys, at least historically, the psalms have not been my favorite part of the Bible. There's a lot of wrestling to do. And maybe you've read the psalms and some of them are beautiful and poetic and easy and some of them are like, what? That's really hard. Um, And so starting with that confession, um, I, I think I need to be honest since that's one of our themes today. But you know how there's, like, sometimes a TV show or a new restaurant or, um, or this band that somebody you really respect keeps saying, hey, you have to check this out, right? Maybe it's your friend's, like, have you checked out, um, I don't know. Uh, actually, last night on Disney+, Plus, we started the... Uh, Mysterious Benedict Society. If you have Disney Plus and kids, you should check it out. There's a recommendation. Um, but sometimes you have somebody that you respect who keeps telling you, hey, you should really check this thing out. And even though you, you yourself are kind of like, eh, I don't know, because you respect them enough, you're like, well, maybe I could give it a try. And so that's, that's kind of how the Psalms are for me. There's this guy named Tom Wright or N.T. Wright. Um, I think Dusty talked about him last, last week too. Um, he is a, a writer, historian, theologian guy that I really respect. Um, and he like goes on about the Psalms constantly. If you read his stuff or you listen to his podcast, it's like, shut up, Tom. It's all y'all ever says, man, you just need to be reading the Psalms. And I'm like, I don't really <laughs> wanna read the Psalms uh, all the time. And so he said it so many times that I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try this out. Um, and, and so lately, I've been reading the Psalms a little more in, with a little more intention. Now, now, Tom Wright says, read five Psalms a day. That's extreme to me. So I read three, uh, which is still a little extreme for some, maybe. But I try to read three Psalms, and I, I don't hit every day, but I journal and I pray about it. Um, and, and almost instantly, one of the things that I've always like, ooh, about the Psalms is I hit up against. There was a lot of repetition in the Psalms, um, a lot. In fact, if you don't mark your place, it's really easy to go back and reread a Psalm and not be sure if you read that Psalm already because there are, there's a lot of repetition. Um, but Tom Wright, he says, they're really important and even more than that. Um, Jesus valued and prayed the Psalms. So not only is Tom telling me I should read these, but Jesus also valued them. So I'm like, all right, if Jesus was into it, I should probably be into it. Um, but, it but if you read the Psalms, um, you're gonna brush up against this. Many of the Psalms could loosely fit under one of these categories, thanking and praising God, trusting God, working or God working through history, Israel's covenant with God, Songs about wisdom. Now, these aren't all the all the themes in the Psalms, but um, it covers a big swath of them. And so, as I'm reading them, I'm like, man, there's a lot of repetition. Um, and like I said, I'm I'm a worship guy, so I I started thinking about the songs that we do Sunday morning, the songs we did today, and kind of in general. Uh, there's a thing called CCLI. It's like a database of all the, the worship, or worshipy Christian songs that get copywritten. And, um, and uh, according to the CCLI, at least a quick snapshot of their website, they have 100, 000, over 100,000 worship songs in their database. Um, there are 150 psalms in the Bible. Now. You could maybe say our worship songs are kind of like a modern equivalent. Um, they're not scripture, but they serve the same purpose, right? We sing them to God. they help us to orient around God. Um, I was actually doing the math, uh, and there's roughly six hundred and sixty six times the amount of modern songs than than psalms uh, six hundred and sixty six It's a number. Don't read too much into it, but but uh, I'm not making any sort of comment about that like that. It's evil or anything, but I thought it was interesting. Um, But here's the thing. I said I'm a worship guy. And I said, yeah, psalms have been a struggle for me. If we really think about our modern songs that we do, and you take all the music out of them and just read the lyrics, um, or even if you just leave the music in and take the lyrics out, same thing, actually, uh, we brush up against the same exact problem. Um, Most of our modern worship songs are really repetitive as well. Uh, These are some common metaphors. Today we sang some, and I bet you can think of songs that have these, or phrases. We sing a lot about mountains and valleys, probably from the Psalms themselves. Bodies of water, all the time. Uh, Being children, which isn't really a metaphor and it's kind of a a truth, but uh, breathing, breath. Um, What about you are good? I love you all the time. Some people are really uncomfortable with that, actually. But um, we sing I love you, which I think is good um, to God. In your name. There was one year, I swear, every song we introduced that year had the the phrase in your name in it. That was a while ago. Be lifted high. These are all true and good. And they're part of our, our songs that we sing. But there is a lot of repetition. I went through, like, just the first 10 or 12 of the songs that we regularly do here at Vineyard, and all of them had at least some reference like this. Um, So psalms are repetitive, and that's been a problem for me, but then I'm like, well, hold on. Like, my worship songs are really repetitive too. Um, And so I was thinking, I was praying about it, I think the reason that is, though, is that neither of them exist to speak brand new truths about God. They're not there to, like, give us profound new revelation, but instead, psalms and I would say worship songs remind us of the constant truths about God and ourselves. Um, So we sing them or we read them because they keep bringing us back to what's true about God, what's true about ourselves. Um, And here's the crazy thing, with over 100,000, think about that, that's a lot of songs, of modern worship songs, only 150 biblical psalms you would assume there would be a lot more variety in those 100,000 versus the 150. Um, but definitely Tom Wright uh, would argue, and I, I think it's true, there's less variety in our modern songs than there is in the biblical psalms. Um, it's like Take a look at this. I know it's a little small, but I'm going to read it. This is from Psalm 88. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths, Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. Water. You have taken me from my closest friends, this is the best line, and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. Some consider this the saddest of all the Psalms. Um, If we sang words like that on Sunday, it would be really jarring for us. We never sing songs quite that heavy Um, So, when we take the 150 psalms in the Bible, they actually have more variety, Um, they're more holistic than even that huge bank of songs that we pull from, I would argue. Um, And this is really important for the psalms, and what we're going to talk about today, honesty, haste, and confession. Um, A third of the psalms, actually. I know I'm being all heavy and stuff, but we'll get there. A third of the psalms can be classified as laments. And if, if you lament or lamentations, they're sad. They're angry. 60-plus psalms are laments. That's a third. They're about confession or repentance, which we sing um, a few songs today, or a couple songs about confession. Um, and even that, I mean, if you really think about the songs we sing here, we don't sing that level of heavy, like, have mercy on me very often because, well, there's a lot of reasons, and we might touch on that, but I also only have a certain amount of time. But we, we don't usually go to the heavy, mm, God, like, ah, I just suck, and please, please forgive me. Sometimes we do, but, but worship seems to be a little more victorious than that, modern worship. Some of these, these laments are complaints to or even at God which is one of the things I personally am always like, ooh, Psalms. Like, you're telling God what's what. You can't do that. Like, it bugs me because it's, it's, out, of my, it's out of my comfort zone. Um, but these Psalms could basically be, like, in general, they could say something like, I'm having a hard time, God. I need you to do something about it. And this isn't just a few of the Psalms. The biggest, by far, group of Psalms fit in this, this category. Um, so... Some psalms, like Psalm 32, which we're going to look at in a second, are specifically about confession and repentance. Um, When we hear the word confession, I confessed to you guys earlier that I'm guilty of not valuing the psalms as much as I should. Um, We often think, like, I'm guilty and I'm confessing. Um, Another way of thinking of confession, though, is it's simply acknowledging what is true. Um, And the psalms confess, some psalms confess sin, but all psalms confess truth like God I know it's like this and I feel like this but almost even the really heavy psalms end with but God I know that you will show up I know that you are good there's always a confession of coming back to acknowledging what is true um, which is something in Psalm 32 again but something we will see throughout the psalms um, I would think one of one of the things the psalms constantly remind us of that's really important Um, so let's actually read Psalm 32 We'll go through it and then we'll read through it a second time in a different translation um, and kind of just pick it apart a little bit. um, And we'll talk more about that honesty, haste, and confession. Um, So here's Psalm 32. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Any horse people out there? Dusty pretends he's a horse guy, but he's not. Come on. <laughs> Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. So like I said at the beginning, um, Psalm 32 and the Psalms in general insist on honesty. When, when we read the Psalms, and, and I know I'm, it's just my preference when I said, I don't know about the Psalms. Some of you might be like, you're stupid, Ryan. The Psalms are amazing. Cool. <laughs> but some of you might, like when we read them, there's hard stuff. And the hard stuff is actually really important. When we don't have it in our, in our modern expression of worship, we miss out on some of that This. They insist on complete honesty. Um, so, looking back through, through just the, the first bit, holy smokes, that's little, but um, this is in a different translation. This is in the message, if anybody has read that. Um, I kind of like how, how the message says it, um, but let's just read through the first little bit again and hear how it's insisting on honesty. Let me move this here. So, I know you can't read it probably if you have eyes like me, but it says count yourself lucky. How happy you must be to get a fresh start. Your slate's wiped clean. Count yourself lucky. God holds nothing against you, and you're holding nothing back from him. So this first stanza in the Psalm, um, it's confessing or acknowledging what's true. It's saying there is joy in forgiveness. There is joy in having a clean slate before God. Um, That last line there says holding nothing back. In the other translation it says, Um, in complete honesty with God. This psalm kicks off with honesty with God brings joy. And it's not saying like honesty, like God, you're so good. It's saying honesty, like God, I messed up. It's acknowledging when things aren't good or when maybe we've messed up. There is joy in that honesty. The second stanza says, when I kept it all inside, my bones turned to powder. My words became day-long groans. The pressure never let up. All the juices of my life dried up. You can see why I like this little, this version a little better. Um, But the second Santa, it's kind of saying what happens when we're not honest with God, when we hold back from God. Um, I don't know if anybody here has ever done something that they probably shouldn't have. Probably none of you. uh, And and you just kind of like let it fester. You did not deal with it. especially like God, maybe God's like, eh, you should deal with that, you know? Maybe we should talk about that. And you're like, yeah, I, I, if you're like me, you kind of find a way to put it in a box and, and just kind of forget about it. And with time, you kind of do. And then maybe God will bring it back up later. And you're like, ah, oh, dang it. Like, I thought we, we were over that. But um, when we aren't honest with God, when we hold things back from him, it's pretty miserable. Uh, maybe you can lock things away, but often that gnawing... Um, guilt of like, I know things um, aren't right between me and that person, or me and God, that, that gnawing kind of weight, it, it's really miserable. In fact, he says, my bones turned to powder. My, my words became day-long groans. Maybe a little bit of a hyperbole exaggeration, but it, it's saying dishonesty brings kind of a, a bit of misery for us. Um, now, maybe these are natural consequences. I did something I shouldn't have done, and it made this other thing happen that really sucks, and it's like, yeah, and maybe we experienced that. The psalm even kind of implies that maybe even God is, you know, putting the pressure on us a little bit. Like, like we're, fe- I would argue, you know, I like try to forget about it, and God's like, Holy Spirit's like, keeps bringing it up. He's kind of pressuring me, and I'm like, come on, I don't want to think about that. Um, but there's something about dishonesty equals misery. Um, and then the the third the third stanza says, let it. All then let it all out, or I let it all out. I finally, I, I was done hiding. I just, I brought it out. I was honest. I said, I'll come clean about my failures to God. Suddenly the pressure was gone. My guilt dissolved, and my sin disappeared. Um, so the psalm encourages us. It's like, just confess, which doesn't mean like necessarily, although in this psalm it is, I'm guilty. It's just like, be honest, be true about, what has happened, where you're at, and come to God. Stop hiding. Um, and then what do we get? Kind of like the song we sang today, um, Forgiving God, Forgiving Us. All that strife about being honest, and then God's like, yeah, you're forgiven. We, and we, we know that, right? We know that when we come to him, he's like, he's going to accept us and forgive us, but we, we fight it so much. Um, the Psalms insist on honesty, um, even when we have imperfect theology. Uh, if that, if that phrase doesn't make sense, um, basically I think the Psalms show us that God doesn't care much about, care as much about us having everything figured out, even him figured out before we come to him in honesty. He would rather we come in our mess than come to him with like everything all together, um, there is more than one psalm, if you read through them, where the speaker is like, uh, hey, God, you better help me, because if I die, there will be nobody left to worship you, and then that will really suck for you. And not exactly in those words, but literally pretty close. Like, God, you really need to show up, because, you know, if, if you don't, it sucks to be you, because there won't be, I won't be around to give you my praise, that is manipulation, like completely <laughs> manipulation. There is not, that is not a theologically sound way to come to God. Like, hey, God, hey, like, you should do this for me. You know, Helping me helps you. But they are in the Psalms. The Psalms are not clean and perfect and filtered. They're gritty and they're human. And sometimes David or whoever wrote it says things, and again, maybe one of the reasons why I struggle with it because I really value study and theology and thinking rightly about God. And I really care about myself being right all the time, which is most of the time. But, uh, but like the Psalms push against that. They're like, wait a minute, like you're modeling coming to God and being messy and even being kind of immature. And, um, but I, I think this is important. God knows that our head can get in the way of our heart. And he's always after our heart, I think, first. Definitely our head, definitely theology is important, How, what we know of God and what we understand, but heart comes first. Um, I've been re-listening to, and I was looking around if anybody in here would know, maybe Dustin would know because he's cool like me, but back in the 90s, it was the pinnacle of Christian rock. It was amazing. Uh, so this was my favorite band growing up, Five Iron Frenzy. Uh, some of you are probably like, I don't know who that is. That's too bad. You should, you should look them up. Uh, but you could Spotify them. Um, but I've been listening to old bands that I was really into back in the 90s, high school and college. And on one level, it's very nostalgic, it's very comfortable. If you listen to your old favorite bands, I'm sure you know exactly what I mean. It's just like, yeah, that's like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's so good. But then I listened to the lyrics of some of them, um, and these are Christian bands, most of them. Um, because back in high school, I wouldn't be caught dead not listening listening to a secular band. Uh, but uh, uh, kind of true. Um, but I listened to the lyrics that I've sung over and over again and like have meant so much to me. And I realize now, um, at this point in life, I'm like, hmm. I, I don't know if that, that's theologically correct, what they said. Uh, some of their lyrics are a little immature or or even i mean a lot of it was christian punk rock which sounds silly but it was thing people it's a thing uh there's kind of an arrogance sometimes to the music i'm like that doesn't really totally feel theologically correct um and so i'm like huh that's weird which makes sense these are like 18 19 20 year old punks singing for jesus they're not theologians they don't have everything figured out but they're singing what's real to them they were singing what was on their heart um And here's what's even crazier is I cannot deny that the Holy Spirit used immature theology and stupid Christian punk rock in the 90s to absolutely capture my heart personally. Now, your story is probably very different, um, except for Dustin. Dustin, five-arm frenzy? Oh, he doesn't even whatever. You guys are all too old or too uncool. All right, so... um, (laughs) Uh, so, um, but he, God used imperfect theology to capture my heart because it was about him. A lot of the songs are singing to him. I would say even worshipy. Um, but God didn't care about it being messy. He cared that, there, that it was an authentic heart thing for me. Um, and um, I think the Psalms can model this for us. You don't have to come to God with everything figured out. But you need to come to God with honesty. And like Psalm 32 says, if you're not honest with God, it's kind of miserable as long as you hold out. Um, so the second, second point we talked about was haste, um, which we don't use that word very often, maybe in Christmas songs. Haste, haste, or bring them laud. Uh, so Psalms encourage haste, uh, which is really, really close to honesty, really related to it. But let's look at Psalm 32, that second part. Uh, These things add up. Every one of us needs to pray. When all hell breaks loose and the dam bursts, we'll be on high ground untouched. God is my island hideaway. He keeps danger far from the shore, throws garlands of hosannas around my neck. Um, Psalm 32 and I would argue the Psalms in general encourage us to pray quickly. So not only come honestly, but, but don't wait. Don't wait around. I, I do that all the time. Um, I mean, it even says, or it implies, you're drowning, right? You're on top of your house sitting on your roof. The waters are rising, and we, like, wait it out, and we wait it out. And, um, and the thing is, we spend so much time hiding from God, but the truth is, is that He's our hiding place. We're like, I, I don't know if I want to bring this to you yet. I I'm not ready, so we're hiding. But all the while, he's he's really the one that we can find our hiding and our rest in um, from our misery, from our trouble, even the trouble and misery that we've caused ourselves. We often wait to come to God, um, and maybe, like I said, you're like me, you like to process things first. You like to have it all figured out. You like to be right. Um, So I can bring God like a nicely wrapped prayer, right? Like I'm really, really, really mad at this person, but I, instead of, like, God, I am so pissed about this circumstance, I, like, process it enough. And I go, God, I know you say turn the other cheek, so, Lord, please help me turn the other cheek, which is good. It's theologically correct. But, but I, I process it first, and I don't always come to God with haste. Um, or maybe, maybe we, we're ashamed, right? We, we're ashamed of whatever is going on in our lives, and we think, like, there's no way I can go to God with this. And so we hold back. Or maybe we're just really mad, maybe and mad at God even. Like, this circumstance is not fair, this is jacked up, and where were you, and I don't wanna to come to you right now because I'm really, really ticked off. If you feel like that, or have ever felt like that, you are in good company with the Psalms. The Psalms definitely sing about that. Haste means, though, don't get your life or your emotions in order first, because if we're doing that, we will never be ready to come to God. If you try to get, get it to where you feel like it, you're gonna, most of us are going to be waiting longer than, than necessary, maybe longer than, than we should. If we're drowning and we're miserable and we hold off, we're, we're holding back from the very thing that can bring relief. Um, I mean, how many of us finally, for me, it's like usually fine, God, I come crawling because I'm miserable, all right, you know. I need you to help me out. Um, haste, or coming to God quickly, uh, can help us to avoid that. Uh, the Psalms give us permission to show up, lay it all before him from the get-go. Um, now, those sound really easy for, it's really easy for me to say, hey, just be honest, be honest with God, be quick about it, um, but those are, those are really tricky. Um, they're not always our first go-tos for, for a lot of reasons, like we just said. But they do become easier when we're able to confess or acknowledge what is true about God. Um, And this is one of the biggest benefits of the psalms. I am learning. I I don't dislike the psalms anymore. I'm learning slowly. Uh, Or worship in general is that it brings us back to constant truth about God and about ourselves. Um, So the last little bit of of Psalm 32 in the other version is, Let me give you some good advice. I'm looking you in the eye and giving it to you straight. Don't be ornery like a horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to stay on track. So the psalm reminds us when we come to God, when we're honest, and if we can come to him quickly in haste, um, he guides us towards a better way. God defiers are always in trouble. God affirmers find themselves loved every time they turn around. Celebrate God. Sing together, everyone. All you honest hearts, raise the roof. All right. Um, again, I think, I think uh, we, we said that we spend so much time um, hiding from God, but the truth is uh, he is our... Hold on. I'm rereading my notes there. Sorry, guys. Um, the psalm ends with, with rejoice, it's, it's coming back around to, yes, I messed up. And yes, I probably took too long. I like, my bones were turning to powder, which I don't even know how that happens. But uh, I was really miserable. And finally I said, God, and of course, you were right there and you forgave us. Um, and the psalm ends like many psalms, rejoice. It reminds us that, that God is love. He doesn't let us down. Um, it doesn't mean that we're always happy or we're always comfortable. Um, but... But he, he always comes through. Um, a phrase that, as I've been reading the Psalms myself, keeps coming up is, where else can I go? Um, it seems like the Israelites who wrote the Psalms, David, King David, and any other person that wrote a Psalm, it seems like this was their worldview. Even when they were so mad at God because it felt like he was leaving them high and dry, which... Even sounds weird to say because we don't say things like that about God very often, at least in our church. Um, and I'm not saying to live there and like be mad at God, but in honesty, sometimes we are. Even in their anger, they knew and they encourage us that like where else can you go? Where, where else can we go other than God that will take care of our anger or our guilts or our needs? Uh, another psalm. Uh, 139 says this. Is there anything I can, any place I can go to to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climbed the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. He even sees me when I'm hiding. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. So even if you want to escape God, there's, if we confess as Christians, it's, it's kind of silly and futile because you can't escape God. Where, where can you go? Um, and then this actually reminded me in John um, with Jesus and the disciples, a little twist on it. Um, Jesus had just recently... Um, taught and said some really, really hard things about himself, um, and a lot of people were like following him and thinking, "Man, Jesus is so cool. He's he's the bee's knees. He's awesome." He's, and then he says some stuff that everybody, everybody that listened was like, mm, "I don't, know. I don't know. I think he, I could be wrong, but I think he even talks about like um, communion, like unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, which is like really creepy sounding, and people." We're like, huh? I don't know. And so they, they ditched Jesus. He was really cool until he started saying hard things. Um, and so in John 6, it says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and desert, deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? So the 12 were his disciples, his closest uh, friends and, and followers. Simon Peter replied, and they too heard what he said and were like uh, that's really hard stuff you're saying jesus but when he asks them, you gonna run away too simon says lord to whom do we go you have the words that give eternal life we believe we know you are the holy one of god so even though it was hard for them to stick with jesus because they didn't totally get what he said and it sounded really weird, and it was, it was uncomfortable, they acknowledged, like even if we wanted to go, where would we go that's better than you? You, you are obviously, the, we're by you, we're sticking by you, even though things, things are not, not comfortable right now. And I, I think that um, having that idea as we read the Psalms or we worship, if we can keep in mind that where else can you go? to find comfort, and I know a lot, of, a lot of us have life stories where we can say, I tried to find comfort in this, or I tried to do this, and it was unsatisfying. Um, God is the only one that can bring us true comfort and true peace, and so even when it's hard to be honest and to come with haste, if we can keep in mind, you know what, where, where else do I go, it becomes a little bit easier. Not easier, but a little bit easier, I think. Um... I thought it would would be it would be probably uh, not right to to mention maybe a counterclaim to this, and maybe one of the reasons why I myself what I've struggled with with the Psalms, Um, the Psalms to be fair, um, were written pre-historical Jesus, not Jesus the person. You know, he's part of God and so eternal, but before Jesus came, uh, lived, taught, died on the cross, and rose again. And so there is an element to them that they are kind of pre-Jesus to some degree, uh, although there's like prophecy in it about Jesus, and I won't get into that today because we don't have time. Um, but you could argue, and I've been really tempted to argue over the years when I've struggled with like, how, how can you say that? That's, you have a bad attitude about God when I read a psalm, right? Like, it's, there, there might be something there that it is pre-Jesus in a way, and so maybe... Because of our, we're post-resurrection people. Life is, history is different because of what Jesus has done. We maybe have a slightly different view than the ancient, ancient Israelites. Maybe we're a little more assured of hope. Maybe it's because the Holy Spirit lives in us and among us. And so um, it's not as natural to kind of dwell on, on those things that are heavy. But, and this is big vineyard, we live in the not yet, right? um not everyone gets healed we believe that people get healed we've seen people healed in this church but not everybody gets healed um god comes through and helps us when we're in trouble but many of us have not lived comfortable long or even especially happy lives a lot of us have had heartbreak and trauma there there is life is hard right um some of us have had dreams that have not happened, or we, we've prayed prayers, God, please let this be, and it hasn't happened. And so while we are post-resurrection people, and maybe we have a different view than the psalmists would have had, we have to admit that we do still live in a world that is not yet. Um, and that requires a lot of honesty. It requires us to be honest. God, I, sometimes I don't know where you're at, right? Um, sometimes God, like, why didn't you answer that prayer. Um, So so I I think that the Psalms, coming back to that, um, they show us ways to deal with real life, right? If real life is not yet, and absolutely the Holy Spirit's here, God's kingdom breaks in, we see amazing things. And and even on the day-to-day, if you can pray and sense God's presence, that's miraculous, right? Um, But there still are those things that are like, Huh, I don't know. Um, if we can keep in mind that the Psalms show us ways to deal with this real not yet life. Um, and I keep saying it, but um, I think the Psalms show us we need to come to God with honesty. We need to be completely upfront, even if it's messy, even if you haven't processed it, even if you say something that maybe isn't even true because it's your emotions talking. That's why I, I, I hate emotions. They make me say things that aren't, aren't that uh, with haste, I mean, you can wait around to come to God, but usually it, it hurts a lot more. Coming to God with haste can be tricky, but it does, it does eliminate at least some of that pain, um, and with a confession that there's nowhere better to go. There just simply is not. Um, if you believe in Jesus, you believe He's Lord and Savior, you have to admit there's just like nothing, nothing like God, um, even though we distract ourselves a ton. There's just nothing like God. Um, so I know I went long. Dusty's been giving you guys like 10-minute sermons, but here's my last point. Um, so it's not so hot today, so I can get away with it. So, uh, although I'm uh, pitting out a little bit. Uh, so here, here's what I'd like to end with. Um, and it's actually, I think, the last line in Psalm 32. Uh, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Um, Unfailing love surrounds us who trust the Lord. I think it wasn't one of my main points, but I think this is maybe the most important thing. Um, when we read the Psalms or when we worship, um, you know, with our, our modern cool worship, if you want to call it that. Uh, the God inspired, yes. Psalms, totally believe, you know, God inspired the Bible. Um, But at the end of the day, they're just words. And worship songs are just words and melodies and maybe some chords. That's all they are um, by themselves. Uh, And that might be a little challenging, like, what's in the Bible? Yeah. But just on their own, they're just words. Um, But we also believe that God's love surrounds us. We believe that God's presence is with us. Um, And so when, when we read the Psalms or when we worship, uh, and sing songs to God, I think the the key to it being real and helping us to be honest and to come with haste and to confess what is true is the Holy Spirit's presence has to be in it. You can spend your whole life reading the Bible, and it's not going to change your life if God is not somehow in it with you. Um, and I think that that's really found foundational. So, if you are encouraged to read the Psalms like I have been as we do this, this series, or maybe you, again, maybe you all of the Psalms, and I'm the jerk in the room, um, I think we need to remember that, that they only have the power to change us and grow us and, and to resonate with us as the Holy Spirit speaks through them. And so um, we always want to um, invite his presence even into, into um, as we read the Psalms. Um, so I think what we'll do, we have enough time. Dusty, what time are you trying to let these people go? Because they've gotten used to half-hour services, so. I think we should go half hour over to, no, no, <laughs> Richard's like, oh gosh. Let's do this. Um, I do want to just leave enough space that this in thing is, we, we want the Holy Spirit's presence, so I want to like, kind of invite him to speak if he wants to. I want to give people a chance to get prayer without saying, hey, see you later. Um, Richard, do you mind just playing a little music? Some tasty licks on the guitar. Um, and I'm going to pray um, for God's presence, and um, let's, just, let's just wait on him. Let's see. Uh, see what he does. And I won't go half an hour over, I promise. Holy Spirit, if um, what I just said was true, it applies to this teaching. They're just words if you're not in them. So like I started at the beginning, if there is anything um, that was in this that is right for us, God, maybe some of us are struggling with being, we need permission to be honest with you. We feel like we have to be fake with you or have it figured out and we can't tell you how we really feel. Or maybe we, we do struggle with haste. We, we feel like the worst thing we can do is just come before you um, even when we kind of know that's, that's not true. We hide when you're the hiding place. Or maybe we're having a hard time remembering what's true that, that you're a good Father, that you forgive us readily, easily, eagerly. And even when you don't answer prayers exactly how you want, you are quick to be there with us in the way that we need. If any of those things resonate, God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts. Um, we're just gonna maybe rest in silence for just a couple of minutes. I pray you'd speak to us and um, we'll see, see what happens. hiding just keeps popping up as i'm praying so maybe does that mean anything to any, anybody feel like you're hiding from god or if so um if, if that is anybody they mind putting their hand up we can pray for you pray for you if you feel like you're hiding from god
3: towards the end, the words, uh, another song kind of came to me and I've been thinking on it um, about God revealing himself and bringing the dead to life and um, cleansing us deep inside and um, thinking about forgiveness and I kind of felt like God was saying that we've let some things die, potentially, um, over the last year, the last two years. Uh, whether it was hope um, or dreams or joy or peace uh, because things just got to be too hard that we just kind of let those things go Um, and with Ryan talking about honesty I kind of just feel like God is saying you know like just be real with him and bring those back Um, and to know that again you know we can do all things through God who strengthens us but Uh, that uh, to give those things to him and maybe have a fresh start. Um, So whether it's participating in community, whether it's risking in relationship, whether it's uh, serving others, you know, things that we've kind of let go because they were just got to be too hard or too painful or too scary that... um, be
2: to pray with you if you want to. Chris, uh, Chris is going to stay up if that sounds like it was for you. Please feel free to come get prayer. Um, I'll be up here as well if you if anybody else needs prayer for anything not even about something that I said, Uh, I'd be happy to pray for you. um, We have other people. Um, Or if you're not comfortable coming up and there's people around you, um, most people here are really nice. So uh, uh, you could just like, hey, I I could use some prayer about something. So um, let's pray. And if you need prayer, come get it or get it where you're at. And we'll dismiss. So Jesus, um, keep speaking to us, God. Help us to come to you. Help us to bring all of ourselves, even the really messed up bits. And keep reminding us that you are good and you are kind and you do not let us down, God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great week. Get prayer if you need it. Um, don't leave your kids. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs>